Hello, scholars. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Education Daily. Speaking to you this morning is your favorite host, Satvik, along with none other than my dear friend, Srikar. Join us today as we journey through the dynamic recent history of education. We'll go back in time, time heist, and experience what it was like to be a student during the time of the Great Depression. From effects of urbanization to segregation, we'll cover all on Education Daily. Hi, Sattvik. Nice to see you, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm just excited for summer break, you know. The weather is going to be so nice, and we get out of school. Yeah, summer break is going to be great. Two months of freedom. You know, just the other day, I found out that most other countries have a much shorter summer break. Only like a month or so. We're so lucky that ours is longer. Yeah, that's true. But did you know, I was researching the other day, and I found out that the reason for that is deeply affected by the history of American jobs and economy. Wait, really? Yeah, apparently back in the early American days, most, if not all, people were farmers. Farmers let their children go to school, but they needed them to work in the farm with them as well. Therefore, schools made it where every season got a break. That's why we have, you know, spring break, winter break, and summer. Not necessarily to kick back and relax, but back then, it was for them to help their family with farming. Wow, that explains a lot. Then does that mean that family business was more important than school to the children? No, only from after the Great Depression did schools become more and more of an integral part of kids' lives. Before that, most of the things that students learned were probably, you know, from like their parents or siblings. And I'm not talking about learning things like math or science, but how to take careful care of the household. As during this time, many people, even if there was like one person in the household, right, because the dad usually went to work, the mom struggled with keeping the household clean. And so the children helped with them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know from here. After the Great Depression, America also had an extreme increase in urbanization, right? This way, families made a little more money and were able to buy things like textbooks and stationery and, like, you know, school materials. Yeah, and speaking of urbanization, as more and more people were moving to cities, education became more important because most of the good jobs in the cities needed a lot of education. The more the children studied, the higher salary and less dangerous job they could get in the cities. That's very interesting. Education evolved from like an optional thing to something almost mandatory, like today. As time went by, school became more and more important with far more opportunities and subjects, right? Yeah, nowadays we have things like math clubs or basketball teams and all kinds of things. All of these came as school became a more integral part of children's lives. Okay, okay. Education became an integral part of children's lives in a similarity to now. However, something that is very different from schools nowadays is the segregation in schools that defined many schools during that time period. Yeah, you know, even though the 1930s may not seem like that long ago, segregation was at its peak during this time period. As we already know, schools were segregated between blacks and whites, and mm-hmm. black schools were like significantly worse than white schools, mostly because the parents couldn't pay too much tax. And so the schools didn't have proper facilities, they didn't receive proper materials, and they didn't have that good teachers either. Yeah, I know this from like history books and like from literature written at that time. Let's just say books like To Kill a Mockingbird. We can see that segregation was normal in society. For example, Jem was confident that his father will win the case. But people told him that his father won't win because the jury has never favored a black man over a white man. Yeah, you know, even in a country that prides itself in having equality in court, such events still took place. 
And even in modern society, you know, where segregation has been deemed illegal, the ideology still exists. Wait, it still happens today? Yeah, although it's, it's not as severe as it once used to be, segregation still occurs when it comes to the education system. Lower class or minorities such as Latinos and African Americans located in inner city neighborhoods go to schools located in low income areas where most of the other students are also the same race as them. Meanwhile, on the other side of the spectrum, Caucasians are likely to go to schools in like higher class areas and very rarely do these you know, two societies overlap. Yeah, and that's not even mentioning like the small-scale segregation that happens between kids in any type of school nowadays. Yeah, you know, there's the bullying based on your skin color, your race, the clothes a lower-class student might wear to a school. Yeah. Wow, so we did have a change in school segregation, but not too much of an extent as we think. Yeah. You know, I was going through one of my textbooks to study for a test I had the other day, and I started thinking about our education system. Of all things, our education system? Yeah, our system, you know, as a whole. Although it's painstaking to learn all that material, I realize at least we're lucky to have the teachers who put in their effort to teaching us anything that we don't understand. I mean, I don't think it was always this way. Yeah, I guess you're right. Sometimes you forget how much our teachers do for us. But I gotta ask, man, what do you mean when you say it wasn't always this way? Well, let's just say back in the 1930s, teachers weren't exactly as nice or like as educated as the teachers we have today. Teachers would teach all the kids in a class, regardless of how much they knew, the same concept, and that too in a way that it was no use for the children. The class was like not interactive at all. Yeah, uh, this, you know, reminds me, a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned literature from that time period. Yeah. If we come back to To Kill a Mockingbird, we can see that a good example of this can be seen in the book or movie for that matter. Scout talks about how the teacher would always teach the class what the alphabet were, which everyone knew, right? Everyone knew what A, B, C, and all that were, but they didn't know how to use them, like how to read or write. And um, that's what they needed to learn, and teachers never taught them that. And yet on the final test, the questions would be about how to use the alphabet, causing everyone to fail and repeat the class. Okay, so maybe some teachers didn't put effort into teaching and helping illegible students. I mean, given the circumstances, maybe they just didn't have it in themselves to teach the same material on a detailed basis. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but you know, that's not it apparently. Scout to, from To Kill a Mockingbird talks about how even though her father taught her how to read and write, her teacher still disapproved of her, stating that she knew too much and asked Scout's father to stop teaching her at home. Scout referred to the school system as one that, you know, puts all the students in a basket, levels them by base, and is more interested in the process than the results. And this process that she talks about was part of an effort by schools to try to push all the students onto the same level of education in order to minimize the number of teachers required. Ah, yes. So teachers value themselves and the school over their students. I guess this was due to, like, the Great Depression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schools no longer received funding from the government or business, causing budgets and the staff to shrink. Therefore, schools could no longer afford proper textbooks, teachers, or, like, facilities, diminishing their quality to a great extent. Yeah, that's true. As you know, people made lower incomes during this time period. Taxpayers were strongly in opposition to funding public schools over things like public sanitation, which were more important matters at the time, making schools, you know, a national priority to a lesser extent. What was once the heart of American democracy now, you know, became like a liability to the government. Yeah, but we can see that the situation has gotten much better nowadays. We all go to schools where there are teachers who are trained in a... Vi- 
wide variety of classes and also have a privilege of using school loan textbooks with no cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking courses based on our skill level and with the help of great teachers, we feel more than ready for our exams. Yeah, you're right. As much as it sometimes can be a pain, you know, going to school really is a privilege we often overlook. All right, then. I think it's safe to say that we have successfully pulled off our time heist today. Agreed. It really did feel like a blast to the past. Thank you for having me today, Sotvik. My pleasure, Shrikar. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today, guys. Unfortunately, everything has to come to an end. Thanks for tuning in to Education Daily. We hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did, and we look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. (laughs) 